Hello and welcome to the Early Careers Insights podcast. This series focuses on the Solicitor Apprenticeship Programme. If you're listening for the first time, my name's Lizzie. I'm a third year Solicitor Apprentice here at Mishcon and I'll be hosting today's episode. My guest today is Molly and she's a second year Solicitor Apprentice and we're both going to be speaking about a day in the life as a Solicitor Apprentice here at Mishcon Derea. So Molly, welcome. I just wanted to ask first of all, what seat are you doing at the moment? And indeed, can you explain what we mean by seat? So at the moment, I'm sat in international arbitration. And for listeners who don't know, seats are the departments which you sit in each year. So for the first four years of an apprenticeship, you sit in annual seats. And then for the last two years, you rotate every six months. So that's what people mean by a seat. And I'm currently in international arbitration, but previously I was in commercial real estate. Lovely. So Molly, how are you finding your current seat? We've only been in these teams for two weeks. How have you found it so far? Yeah, so as you mentioned, it's difficult to measure long term because we've only been in here for a week. However, I would say something I've noticed across Mishcon is that teams tend to be really accommodating and welcoming towards newer talent, especially more as I'm more junior. So they understand that I need more supervision compared to somebody who is a qualified fee earner at that level. Things like meeting them in both the formal and informal capacity. So, for example, going out for coffee or going out for lunch with people, but also things like working on matters and getting involved in those team meetings. So I'm able to get to know them on both the very professional level, but also like a little bit of the personal level, I guess, via lunches and coffees. I see. So do you find that going for these sort of informal meetings and coffees with the team, they really help with your development, even though it's not related to any work that you're doing? Yeah, I think they're a great way to get to know somebody outside of a 15, 20 person team meeting. It's a way to know someone one on one. And also it's an environment in which you can discuss any potential workload that you have on and also matters that they're working on so that you're able to get involved if they're looking for junior assistance. And also knowing somebody better just helps in gaining more work. Like for example, in my previous team, I became quite good friends with an associate and I would regularly get work from him. And I think that's as a result of that closer like relationship formed over a coffee or things like that. I see. So I think it really does help with you being integrated with the team, which is really important, especially Mm -hmm. when we're quite junior. In terms of a more formal integration with the team, who do you tend to report to? Who do you tend to get work from? How does that work with your current team and perhaps your previous team, if that's different? So across both departments, my number one point of contact was always my supervisor. He sort of helps in like day-to-day work list and also just day-to-day problems. I share an office with my current supervisor, so it's also great in terms of just being able to say a question across the room as opposed to either having to send an email which is quite daunting at times or teamsing someone yeah that's really helpful and also as mentioned previously things like team meetings they're bi-weekly so is it every other week in both my current team and my previous one and they're just a great way to get to know what the team are working on and any sort of key developments almost in the legal sector in this case arbitration law. Lovely. So what would you say are the main differences between the two seats that you've done so far? seems like there's quite a few similarities in the structure, Mm -hmm. but what kind of work were you doing in in both seats? Obviously, arbitration is a contentious seat. It's not necessarily litigatious, but the idea of arbitration is that it's sort of an alternative form of dispute resolution. So I'm sitting in on tribunal hearings, I'm preparing bundles, 
things like that, which is almost the opposite to what I was doing in real estate because real estate is non-contentious. It's transactional because it deals with buying and selling of properties. So in that seat, it was things like drafting legal documents and any admin related to that. Whereas I'm, for example, in the week within arbitration, I've been doing considerably more research because that's something that's often required for court cases and things like that. And also, I think there's a higher focus on projects in arbitration, whereas in transactional based seats, it feels like you're sort of working on various things at once. And it's just a really interesting to see that contrast. That's really good. I think it is great that we do get to move around the firm and have such different experiences in the teams. I think it makes us very well-rounded. Going on to more of the side of the university degree, how are you finding juggling the workload at Michigan and the workload at university? Juggling the workload isn't necessarily what I struggle with at university because I think both the firm as a whole and the team that I work within have always been really understanding of the fact that that's my study day and that I don't work that day regardless. So being able to allocate that as my study day has been really beneficial because I'm, I know that I have no obligation to check my work emails or be remotely responsive. So I essentially treat Friday as a day off in the sense of I'm not working, but obviously I'm doing things. Um, and I think also something that's helped me balance the workload is definitely if I'm quiet at work, sometimes I'll just get on with some uni reading or watch my lecture. And it just helps break down that seven hour study day, which can be quite intense. Something that I think was my bigger struggle with university has been the online aspect of it. For those of you who don't know, the apprenticeship course at universities is fully online because it's designed to be fully flexible. So I think balancing completely online learning was definitely a struggle to begin with. However, I think I got adjusted to it quicker than I thought I would because I had two years of sick form online. So if you've had sick form online or if you ever did any sort of remote learning, it's sort of comparable. Yeah, so you say that you treated your study day as, as a day off, but what would you tend to do on your study day? What's your general study routine? Yeah, so it definitely varies from week to week, depending on whether I have an assignment that week due or if I'm ahead on reading. One thing that's definitely great about the flexibility aspect is that I tend to be able to get a driving lesson in the morning, which obviously I can't do during the rest of the week. So usually that will be between, say, 8 and 10, and then I'll start studying at 10. I tend to like to study in a coffee shop or somewhere similar, just because I think being at home is very distracting, not even necessarily because of anything, just sort of the temptation of like, my bed is right there. And it's so, <laughs> and the way that we study means that you really have to hold yourself accountable because it's not so you're sat in a classroom with a teacher holding you accountable. So say I get to this coffee shop, I usually do my reading. And then I, I'm really strict about like letting myself have breaks because I know that I'll lose focus if I don't let myself have a break. And even if I don't feel like I need a break, I will still sort of force myself into having one when like a natural time comes. So say I finish my reading, have a break, get lunch, and then usually I'll watch a lecture. At what point that could be like a shorter study day. However, also if there's an assignment due that week, I usually tend to plan the assignment and either, if I'm feeling very productive, we'll get the assignment done, or more generally tend to get it done across the weekend. 
I see. Do you find that working alongside study has allowed you to be a bit more structured with your study day and a bit more self-motivated? That's obviously contrasting coming from school. Mm. As you said there, sort of having your hand held a little bit with teachers. Do you think having the balance actually improves your discipline with both? Definitely. I mean, I think the balance is still something I'm working on, sort of like the temptation to, you know, make plans because you're technically free on that day. But that independence is something that you wouldn't gain at a normal university because, as I said, the only sort of structure that you're given is the obligation to turn in an assignment every few weeks on a Tuesday at, I think it's 10 o'clock. So sort of having that autonomy around your learning really allows you to become self-motivated and also sort of forces you to. And I think it also crosses over in terms of like my workload because now if I have a heavy workload, I'm very used to sort of being able to timetable in the things, when to do them, because that's what I do every week with my studies. And don't get me wrong, definitely not perfect at it still. There's definitely days where I'm less productive than I should have been and vice versa. But yeah, I definitely agree with that. Do you find as well that some of the modules you're working on at the moment coincide with the work you're doing at Mishcon? Definitely. I mean, it's been a coincidence, but this time I'm doing contract law and arbitration is essentially focused on the breaking of contracts. That's where the majority of disputes comes in. So I think studying it and practicing it has been very useful because I'm someone who's a very practical learner. I don't necessarily learn the best by just looking and staring at a book. I'm best if I'm able to see it in practice, think of an example, and therefore by practicing it and sitting in a department that deals with these issues every day, it's definitely aided me in my studies in the sense of I'm able to visualize. But also that isn't necessarily a guaranteed thing. It's it's just something that's happened nicely. But for example, like I know later on in the course, we study things like land law and there's a still a seat in commercial real estate. So somebody will inevitably end up studying land law and sitting in real estate and various more examples. Yeah, I agree. I had a similar experience. And I think as soon as I started the contract module, it's kind of like a light bulb moment mm-hmm. and everything just made a lot more sense with my work. Okay, so it sounds like you've got a good balance with your study programme. How do you find your general work-life balance? Work-life balance tends to be like the number one question people ask you about apprenticeships. It's always, do you have a life outside work? Which I promise we do. (laughs) I think it would be false to say that, you know, you're living the exact same lifestyle as people do at university, for example. You're not going out five days a week but I don't think I'd be great at that anyway. (laughs) Um, But I tend to really utilize my weekends. They're three days if you include the Friday evening to make plans. And to be honest, one benefit about the apprenticeship is that you actually have the money to make the plans. So because of the salary, you know, you're able to go to the pub or you're able to go on those nights out without worrying that you're going to bankrupt yourself or go into the overdraft, hopefully. (laughs) Um, And I think... It's definitely been a lot better than I originally feared it would. I've never had to cancel plans because of work or not been able to, you know, go out in the evening because of work. I regularly, for example, because we're in Holborn, we're super close to the West End Theatre District. So I'll regularly go to the theatre after work. Working in central London means there's always so many things to do. Yeah, I agree. It's nice to sort of work in the city. Mm-hmm able to do things you know after work even if it's just a last minute plan with someone from your team or as apprentices meet often don't we Mm. how do you think the firm promotes a good work-life balance during the working week 
Yeah, that's a great question. So, for example, I understand that this won't always be the case in terms of once you develop in regards to seniority and also your capacity may decrease. My supervisor last year was really diligent about making sure that I left work on time so that I was able to make those evening plans and that I wasn't working ridiculous hours long into the night. And also, for example, this year I do skating lessons every Wednesday and that is something that I've been really strict about, about making sure that I leave on time. And I think that's just an example of like the work-life balance in regards to I have that commitment, so I'm making sure that I can make it every week and therefore adjusting my work capacity accordingly. I think it is a real skill to be able to balance your own time and Definitely. to set the boundaries yourself. But I think all of my supervisors and listen to similar experiences, I think they've been advised to sort of train us with that. So it's not just, you know, they're yeah, sure. helping us with work, but they're helping us to become mm-hmm. self-sufficient and, yeah, set those boundaries. Do you take part in any other activities during your working day? Yeah, so before I even joined the firm, sort of when I was researching into firms, something that was really important to me was social impact. Whether places I was applying to were just saying that they had a commitment to something or whether they were actually following through on it. So the moment that I joined the firm, I sort of tried to get involved with as many of these things as I could. So I'm currently on three different committees. I'm on the Social Mobility Committee, I'm on the Gender Equality Committee, and I'm on Embrace, which is focusing on racial equity within the firm. And they're something that I get involved with at work that isn't necessarily related to like my everyday job. So for example, within Embrace, we're currently leading on academy sessions with authors and as somebody who really likes reading books, that's been great to get involved with. And it's sort of the idea of promoting art that isn't always done by people who are white and ensuring that we are promoting a mixed cultural identity. That sounds really interesting. And I'm part of the Pride Network as well. So I don't know if similar to the networks you're in, Mm -hmm. even though you're obviously there for a purpose it's a really great way to yeah. meet people in all different departments divisions even non-legal divisions as well um, and to just get to know as many people as you can mm-hmm. in the firm you mentioned earlier the work-life balance and the fears you had joining the apprentice in terms of missing out on things perhaps missing out on that classic uni lifestyle that people kind of aim for what do you think are the benefits to choosing the apprenticeship over a more traditional route through university? Yeah, I think definitely for me, the reason I chose the apprenticeship is because the benefits outweighed the cons for me personally. I think a huge myth is that apprenticeships are the easier route, which is false as far as I'm, <laughs> for me. Um, you're doing the same degree as you would at a traditional university, but you're doing it alongside working full time. I don't understand how that could necessarily be perceived as the easier route. Also, I've spoken to multiple people regarding their perspective on apprenticeships, ranging from partners to my friends to people who I just mention what my job is. And I think it's really interesting to see the perspective across the legal industry on the apprenticeship, because ultimately those are the people who are going to be recruiting you. Those are the people that hopefully you're going to be working alongside. And the amount of discussions that I have had with senior fee earners within the firm so partners of the firm or you know the managing associates etc who have exactly said that if they had this opportunity when they were 18 they would have taken it and I think that's something that's hugely reassuring (laughs) to hear that sort of it's regarded as such like a good route 
I also definitely think that experience is invaluable, especially with how overpopulated the legal industry is at the moment. Trying to get a job, as far as I'm aware, is very difficult. So having those six years of experience pre-qualification is something that cannot be overstated in terms of how important and how beneficial that will be to your CV, regardless of sort of what you pursue in what department or with who. I also think outside of the firm and people who maybe don't understand the concept of a solicitor apprentice, just the name apprentice is what throws people off and they tend to think you might be quite young or quite junior. Definitely something I've experienced. I didn't come straight from school. I was 24 when I joined the firm and I did actually have a year and a little bit at university. So I can kind of compare the two. And whilst I was really grateful to have that uni experience in terms of Moving out from home and meeting friends who are friends for life I'm friends with now, I just cannot get over just how amazing this opportunity is. Like you say, it's invaluable to be working at the moment. We're getting a great degree from the University of Law and just the whole experience leading up to qualification is really unique and I'm really grateful to be on this route to qualifying. So you've explained how you're integrated with your team. How do you feel you're integrated with the sort of wider firm and in particular our apprentice cohorts? Because there's a few of us now and we have a really good relationship. How have you found that? Yeah, I think integrating within the apprentice cohorts was something that was really important to me when joining because obviously, as mentioned, you sort of hear about going to university and making your friends for life and I was sort of worried about missing out on that. So making friends and developing relationships within that apprentice cohort was really important for me. I think it works in a few different ways, both those that are organised and are within work as well as those externally. So for example, when we joined and when most people join, there's a buddy system, which means an apprentice in the year above is allocated your buddy. So that means that you have somebody to talk to about the programme and sort of somebody who has been there, done that essentially. And that was really good just to have those catch-ups and be reassured that it's not just you struggling with certain things and that your concerns are sort of having somebody to talk to about them. We quite regularly, as a cohort, get together to do socials. And those are also fun in a way that you're getting to know people outside of a professional capacity. So things like Christmas socials or Christmas parties, meaning that you're usually getting together outside of work for a few drinks or for lunch or for dinner and being able to talk to people and get to know them. Also, something that's definitely will occur more as more apprentices join the firm. Last year, for example, I was one of two apprentices in my department, the other one of which was in the cohort above me. And that was definitely useful, sort of acted as a second buddy, I guess, because being able to talk to someone about things like uni work, university deadlines, and also having someone to balance that capacity with. And it was a frequent thing of if I didn't have a heavy workload and she did, she'd occasionally give me things and vice versa. And I think that worked out really well. Yeah, I just think the integration across apprentices has been really good. And sort of also we have, you know, various group chats. So my cohort has a group chat and then also there's a group chat for all the apprentices which is great to just come with those everyday concerns. Okay, well, thank you, Molly, for going through my questions today. It's been really great to hear your perspective on that. And thank you as well to our listeners. And don't forget, we've got other podcasts in this series where we'll be speaking to other members of the firm to get other perspectives on parts of the apprenticeship. If you have any questions, then please do look at our website and there's information there on applications and other frequently asked questions. 